Welcome to Girl About the Globe, a podcast for you, the solo female traveller. Empowering women to travel solo with maximum adventure, minimum impact. Welcome to a dose of inspiration for the solo traveller. Today we are talking all about Cambodia and I'm joined by Karen De Wint. Karen is originally from Belgium and travelled to Cambodia in 2019. So today Karen's going to give us an insight into visiting Cambodia as a solo traveller. Hi, hello everyone. Hello, thanks for joining me today. So just before we talk about Cambodia, can you just tell us a little bit about your background? I'm 32 years old. I live in the Dutch-speaking part of Belgium and I've been traveling solo since 2014. I've been to several countries solo, but since I have a full-time job, I take it slow, like no really long holidays mostly like two or three weeks, and some smaller city trips. I love history and culture, and that's what I'm looking for when I go traveling. Fantastic. So is that what drew you to Cambodia? Because Cambodia definitely has a lot of history and culture, doesn't it? Yeah, like seeing Angkor Wat was one of my childhood dreams. And um, ever since I've seen uh, the movie about Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, (laughs) it's also filmed in Cambodia. And that only sparked the the drive more and more to go there. I got older. I was also very, I got very interested in um, the history of the Khmer Rouge. So the dictatorship in the um, 70s. Um, I'm a history major, so that was really uh, very interesting for me. Fantastic. So you went to Cambodia last year, didn't you, in November time? And you went for, was it a period of three weeks that you went for? Yeah, I went um, the first three weeks of November. This is actually um, like the end of the wet season and the beginning of the cooler season, which is the um, touristy season. So when I was there, it was still a bit quiet, but I found it an excellent time to go there. The rain just stopped. There weren't that many tourists, but life was coming back to the countryside. Um, So it was a really beautiful period, and three weeks is enough to see the country. I mean, I could have stayed for at least four weeks, but with three weeks, you can see quite a bit of it. I haven't been to Cambodia for about 15 years, so I imagine it's probably changed quite a lot since I went. What made you go to Cambodia in November? Was it just because the prices were a bit cheaper or did it was that just the time that you could get off work? Well, it's it's actually one of the most expensive times to go. Okay. Um so that was a bit a bit of a bummer. Well, in Thailand, wet season, you can still go and just have, like, rain for two or three hours a day. But in Cambodia, rainy season really means that everything's flooded. Streets are flooded. It's not a good time to go. And that's, like, from May till beginning of November. (laughs) So a lot of the year already isn't, yeah, not good to go there. And I was scared that the hot season would be too hot because apparently it's like at least 40 degrees and I was kind of scared of melting. 
You said before about Laura Croft, the movie inspiring you to go to Cambodia. So what else would you say is Cambodia's attraction for women traveling there? Well, for sure, the archaeological park, which has Angkor Wat and about thousand other temples, that's a big, big attraction, which you can visit as a girl alone very safely. I had my own driver and it wasn't scary at all. There are some nice aisles as well, so some good places to relax. I made some new friends there, and I think it's generally safe. You just don't need to be like stupid and drink a lot and go about the island alone at night, but that's something you would never do anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's actually a really fun destination that isn't except for Siam Reap, isn't overrun with tourists. But it, the, the Cambodians are really friendly and actually they try to help you as a tourist as much as possible. So even as a solo girl, you can get around fairly easily and actually very safe. I remember when I went, because Cambodia is my favourite country in Asia so far. I just, I loved it. And you mentioning about the people as well. I just remember being on the back of a motorbike because you can take mopeds or motorbikes everywhere, can't you? And the kids just run out of their houses and they're waving at you and shouting hello. And they're just so friendly and so smiley. Yeah, that's still like that. I mean, I I suppose the country changed a lot in the last couple of years. So this is a good time to visit before it gets completely touristy or overrun by Chinese. But the people are still the same. I waved hello to so many kids. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, and especially after they went through, because I know you mentioned before about the Pol Pot regime, which I had no knowledge of until I went there. Well, I was really young when I went there. There's so many different sites that you can see, which kind of really brings the grisly history to life. Was it a third of you, of the population at the time were um, yeah. were killed? So I think it's just such an amazing country because nearly every person in that country would have been affected or had a relative that was taken by the regime. So to me, Cambodia has just got such a special place in my heart because of what's happened and just because of the strength of the people. Yeah, it's exactly the same for me. It's It's true, like a third of the population got killed or died in the 70s and they still bear so many hardships now because it's quite a corrupt regime and the people are very poor most like 95 percent of the people are very poor but they are so strong and they try so hard to make the most out of it and so friendly and yeah they really have a place in my heart as well if they go through that much and they can still be so giving. Something that really struck me when I was in the country was, as you just mentioned as well, about the level of poverty and so many landmine victims because there are a lot of landmines there. I think they were left from the Vietnam War, but correct me if, if that's not right. So you see a lot of people, I, I did when I went, you see a lot of people begging. There's an artist that I saw in Angkor Wat who was drawing these pictures and he, and, he, and he had one arm. So I remember buying quite a few pictures from him. But it's just quite a shock, I think, if you're not prepared to see so many people like that. I don't know what your experience was. Well, it's, it's a lot better now, actually. 
during the last couple of years, um, there's been so much cleaning of landmines that there aren't that many victims anymore. So the number of victims isn't rising exponentially anymore like it was before. Because it is, it's true, um, the mines are from Pol Pot regime, Vietnam War, later wars with, with Thailand. So they, they planted mines until well in the 1990s. Wow. Um, but it's, it's better now. And I didn't see so many victims. And I've got the idea that especially in the temples and around Siem Reap, they have an, a new way of treating them. Like they make little groups of official music players. And all the people are injured by landmines or other explosive devices. And they make music and you can donate to them. And it's more institutionalized or you can, you still have like the typical people with one leg who sell books about history. Those you still have, but I was talking to some people and apparently it's a lot less than it was before because they're getting integrated a lot better now. Oh, and really was in, yeah, I was in the Landmine Museum, which is work of one dude who privately found a way to clear mines and then had a whole team helping him. Um, and he made a museum and there was not an orphanage, but like a place where children could come and get schooling, children who were injured by mines. And they actually closed it in the beginning of 2019 or the end of 2018 because all the kids were grown up and there were no new ones. So it is getting better. That's really good news, isn't it? Well, I'm glad to. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, me too. Because it 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 really broke my heart. Like if you see them and you know that they were just like playing on the fields or something. Yeah. But in in between when you were there and I was there, they have done a tremendous amount of work. Oh, fantastic! Great. And you mentioned before that you met quite a few people when you were there, even though you were solo traveling. Did you meet a lot of women who were traveling along? Because I know a lot of girls do go to Thailand, which is the neighboring country. So did you meet a few in Cambodia? Well, um, I've been to Thailand as well. Um, I must say it was a lot more difficult to make new friends in Cambodia than it was in Thailand because most people don't go there alone. I've met a few girls in Phnom Penh who were all there with friends or who were going to do an internship. The next city, I only met some solo guys who were really nice, but just also passing through. And it's after that that I met some nice girls, some a few solo, a few girls who were traveling solo, but not a lot. I did make some friends for life, which is really cool. But that was also people who were telling us like, most people aren't sociable here. We all stayed in hostels and I actually found it quite hard to, to make friends because most people were in groups or couples and didn't feel the need to adopt a single traveler. So I had to put some effort in it. But I had the feeling that the people I met there were more genuine and became better friends than, than those I met along the way in Thailand, for example. 
you meet very interesting people in Cambodia, but you have to put a bit of an effort in it. Do you think a reason behind that would be that Thailand's kind of a party destination in Cambodia is more for people who are really interested in culture and history? So do you think the, the type of person that you meet is just a very different character? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how, how I think it is. Um, because in, in Siam Reap, which is a party destination, besides from Angkor, you meet the same type of traveler that gets drunk all night, sleeps all day, hangs by the pool all day instead of going somewhere, uh, which is not really my time. <laughs> if that's their holiday, why not, of course? Yeah. Also, because it's poorer than Thailand and less touristy, I think that's why people mostly go in groups or with significant others, why you have less solo travellers. It's such a shame though, isn't it? Because I think the country's just got so much to offer women travelling alone and I felt so safe there. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was so happy that you asked me to talk about Cambodia because the people really need tourism and I, I really want to promote it also to solo girls that it's an amazing destination and you can really trust the people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So would you say that there are any hidden gems in the country? You mentioned Siam Reap and Angkor Wat, which are obviously within the same vicinity, but are there any hidden gems that you came across on your travels? Um, yeah, Batambang. It's the third biggest city of the country and it's actually like a big village. So. <laughs> Don't expect too much of it, but you can do tours of the countryside there. And it really has this super local feel. Not a lot of tourists, although it's easy reachable. And it's so beautiful. It's like a real mixture mixture of ancient French colonial houses and typical Cambodian um, sheds. Yeah, it, it was really special. It's so quiet. You can see and do quite a few things there, but life is so really authentic. It's it's very different from like coming from the I came from the capital, uh, from Phnom Penh, which is very busy, and then Batambang is like a safe haven um, where you can really get into the holiday spirit. Did you also make it to is it Krati where you can see the the pink dolphins? I didn't. That was high on my list. But I decided to stay a week in Siem Reap because I wanted to see so many temples. <laughs> and I had, to, I had to make a choice. And it was really hard because friends of mine went there um, afterwards and they sent me pictures. And it was amazing. But the, the dolphins are getting less and less. So there are less and less dolphins. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, okay, maybe one less tourist that, annoy them in their merry way would be good as well yeah and um oh another destination i didn't go to but um which should be very nice according to friends is uh mondulkiri they have a big elephant project there which is a very it's it's elephant valley it's actually a, a ethical park so you cannot like touch elephants or anything they're good taken care of. There are no chains, no hooks, no whatever. You just like help preparing food and watching them and stuff. And it's it's a bit more expensive, but apparently it's it's also extremely beautiful and rewarding. Oh, that's a fantastic place to go, isn't it? 
So I know that you spent three weeks in the country, but if you only had two weeks, what would your perfect itinerary be? Well, for the capital, Phnom Penh, you need like two days because you need one day to go see Twal Slang, the, the prison of uh, the Khmer Rouge and the Killing Fields. Mm. But the city not superb, so two days would do. Then at least like three days of Siem Reap for the temples. I would maybe skip Patsambang if you only have two weeks, or it might be possible I only stay two days as well. Then definitely go to one of the islands. I stayed at Korong Samlum at Mpai Bay. It's like a hippie community of hippie Western people and Khmer living together. Um, nice beaches and very relaxed. It's um it's very far away from all the resorts and stuff, so you need to be prepared to shower with cold water, have no light, and sometimes have internet, which makes it so much better actually. And then even even if you only have two weeks, um, go to Campot. Campot is full on French colonial style. It's a lazy village you can rent a scooter there go up into the mountains to see um some old french buildings um you can take a day trip to cap which is back to the sea and go eat crab yeah you can do a lot there like the pepper farms are there to go visit it's it's like a sleepy town but very relaxing and if you have to choose between that and batambang for your two weeks i choose Kampop because there's a little bit more to do so that should be fine in two weeks. So. And you said that you wished that you had four weeks. Was that because you wanted to spend a little bit longer in each place that you went to? Or was there... Uh, because I wanted to go to Krati and Mumulkiri. Uh, you have to go back. Uh, or maybe go do, go do jungle trekking in cheap paths. That's like a new upcoming ecologic project. Okay. Where they do jungle trekking wild water rafting and stuff like the former poachers of that part of the jungle are now um, jungle guides and they have um, an eco project and a village and it should be really nice and interesting as well but it's not that easily reachable so that's why I didn't do it I was a bit apprehensive on going there alone maybe that's really interesting that they're reformed poachers. Or is that what they are? So they used to poach, but now they... Yeah. Wow. yeah. There's a lot of, they still eat a lot of bush meat in Cambodia because, well, they're poor. Yeah. And that's the way how Western projects try to teach um, the poachers and the poor Cambodian people another trade so they can get money on a more ethical way. That's such a good idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because the state won't help them. So there's a lot of a lot of Western charities in Cambodia. You mentioned as well that that was quite difficult to get to. But how to the places that you did go to? How did you get around? Did you hire a motorbike or did you use a minibus? Well, there's a new website. It's called Book Me Bus. I've heard of that uh, one. Yeah, you can book like minivans to almost every place there. And then for the long distance uh, from Siem Reap to uh, the port to go to the islands, I took a giant EV sleeper bus. The coolest minibus I took was from uh, Phnom Penh to uh, 
Batambang, I read online that you can book a seat in the postal van. So really? the van that takes the post every morning from Phnom <laughs> Penh to the other city. And so I did. I was the only white girl on the van. <laughs> but it's a brilliant way to travel because they leave on time. Their drivers are very careful and very safe. And they were so friendly because minivans, it's, it's really, you can get around quite easily in Cambodia since the coming of the website that lets you book tickets online. The postal vans are on them as well. But there are some companies who are known to drive like lunatics. Mm-hmm. So you need to read reviews because like there's one company that does long distances and sleeper buses. They're called Viram Buntam. And they're known to have a lot of car accidents, for example. Mm-hmm. So you need to be careful on where to book. What was the name of that company again? Virak Buntam. So that's one to try and avoid. It's like, no, no. But Giant Ibis does the same travels. And they are known all throughout Asia to be a very reliable company. And I must say, I was very happy with that sleeper bus. That's so cool that you can go in a postal van. And like you say, because yeah. it's obviously going to leave on time because they've got a job to do. Whereas... I remember waiting ages. I think I was actually on a bus as well and it broke down and I had to wait two hours for another bus to come along. And I remember the roads being really bumpy and some of them dirt tracks, but I think they've now, um, Uh they've smoothed out a lot of the roads towards Siam Reap, I think. (laughs) But I really liked it because I thought that was all part of the adventure going on these bumpy roads (laughs) and you're going past these lakes. Games until you fall out of your bed. Oh yeah, I get. I guess for an overnight one, it would be a different bit of a different story. Yeah, no, but it's it's still super bumpy. Um, that's why traveling is quite slow. So, for example, um, it takes you eight hours to to do three hundred kilometers or something. Wow! And how many people did you sleep with on the? in the post van and did you feel quite safe oh yeah it was it was a day bus so that was okay it was from like 7 a.m to 1 or 2 in the afternoon and I think there are like there can be 11 people in it but it was just like me a monk and a few old people but I actually felt safe in all the buses so I never had any issue about like the driving style was a bit scary sometimes, but I was never scared of the people or there were never any creepy stuff that happened. So that that was that was something I was maybe a bit apprehensive about, um, especially on the night bus. There was never any situation in which I thought like this might not have been such a responsible idea. So it was fine. That's good. And what did you end up doing in the evenings by yourself? The afternoon, it gets dark really uh, soon in Cambodia, like at six, it's pitch black. So when I was alone, I I always choose hostels with a bar, um, like not really party hostels, but still hostels with a decent bar. So that if I don't meet people, I can just like go to the bar of my hostel and sit, drink something and read a book, but I do tend to go out and go eat at restaurants alone. Again, bring a book. 
So I, I did went out for, for meals on my own. And then I mostly just went, went back to the hostel to have drinks there. And then when I met some other people, we, we went out quite a bit. Cambodians love to dance, so the parties are very good. I read a lot of stories about non-stop karaoke. <laughs> and I'm, today, I'm very disappointed because I never had ever, ever once heard karaoke. Oh, interesting, because in, in Thailand, you get, a, or when I went, there was so much karaoke, and it was as if the microphones were just on full belt, and you can hear them <laughs> across villages singing Elvis Presley or something. I never heard any karaoke, but when there's music, it is so loud. So if you like to go out or just like be in a bar, take earplugs. There's no limit on how loud music can be in Cambodia. That's a good tip. Take earplugs. Oh, yeah. Take earplugs for everything. You know, they you leave your fan or your aircon on at night, which is loud. Um, like they, the food carts, they push around. A lot of them have tapes that um, announce what they're selling. But they start selling at 6 a.m., so the tapes start blaring. Oh. At 6 a.m., so earplugs. Mega early. Yup. <laughs> yeah, life starts early in Cambodia. Do they still have the honour system in... Because I stayed in a few guest houses. I remember staying in one along the river, like a river guest house in um, Phnom Penh, and they had the honour system. So whatever you had from the bar or whatever you ate, you then had to write it in, in the guest book and then pay at the end. Yeah, sometimes it, they do, yeah. I never stayed in guest houses unless, you know, the last time in Kampot I did. And there you had it, like, I couldn't even pay for my coffee. Um, the man was too sweet. But he also, like, rented me a motorbike and was like, you pay afterwards, not in the beginning. No, no, when you bring it back. After three days, I had to pay. Like, they just give you things and then, no, we'll pay in the end. That they still do, but... They're more used to tourists now, so it, it's less and less. Good. And how did you find conversing with the locals and conversing with people in the accommodation? Did they speak quite good English? Yeah, actually they did. So there are a lot of um, English schools in Cambodia, mm. um, all run by, by Westerns and, and volunteers. So a lot of kids go to English schools like for half of the day and half of the day normal school. So... A lot of kids speak English and they translate for their parents. And then when they get older, they start working in the hostels. And their English is actually quite good. I found it better and easier to talk to them than talk with locals in Thailand. They have a bigger vocabulary. They love talking English with, uh, with foreigners. Because when I was um, at a temple in Barambang, I was just like looking at monks and, and children playing. There was a school next to it. And all of a sudden, like two girls and a group of five monks come to me and they're like, can we practice our English with you? <laughs> and their English was so good and it was so much fun. And they, I think they're, most of the time you get along with English. And if they don't speak it, well, it's, it's quite easily to point and wave. And I found it. Yeah, I found it easy to, to communicate with them. That's such a bonus as well, isn't it, for travelling solo? 
Yeah, absolutely. It went so much easier as I thought it would go. Absolutely. And is there anything or anywhere that you would avoid in Cambodia? Well, there were some places at the border that you should avoid, but that's all cleared up now. I would avoid going out at night in Phnom Penh. So there are some bar streets and stuff, but there's also a lot of seedy places mm. and there's a lot of bag snatching there. So I would avoid going out too far. But another friend of mine had had some issues with a, a tuk-tuk driver in Phnom Penh as well. So that might be the most dangerous place where you like, I even wear a money belt. I never wear a money belt. That would be a place where you do that. Yeah. And where you really have to be careful. But the rest, there's no other place I would say avoid. I wouldn't even avoid Phnom Penh, just be very careful. It's better to be vigilant, isn't it, and wear a, a money belt just in case. I know there were cases in Vietnam, in Ho Chi Minh City, of bag snatching as well. So I, maybe that's just a common, a common pickpocketing scam that they try in the cities. Yeah, I mean, we, we had one girl getting back next to us in Campos, which really surprised me because it was such a, a friendly open city. And even there they said, yeah, it, it's a bit common, but not as much as Phnom Penh. So just be aware of your bag and in Phnom Penh, be aware of a lot of things. It's good that you also just spoke briefly about the seedy bars as well, because in comparison to Thailand, I know I keep speaking about Thailand quite a lot, but I think prostitution is quite open there. You know, when you've got the go-go bars, so it, it can be quite in your face as well, isn't it? So it's good to be prepared if you do venture out for the night. Would you say the same? Well, there are not as many as those type of bars as there are in Thailand, but it's also kind of a place where older guys go try find wifey. So we, we saw it a couple of times, but like in Phnom Penh, there's a street. I wandered there through the street in the dark, um, which has a lot of those bars. And in Siem Reap, the typical like pub street, which is the famous place to go out. I never went out there because... It was just like, you, you saw it was full of like girls trying to lure people in. So you have it there as well. It's not as obvious, but it is kind of the same type of prostitution or girls trying to snag a rich husband as you have in Thailand. But just on a smaller scale. Yeah, smaller scale, but same type. What would you say to someone who's looking to go to Cambodia for the first time and are feeling a little bit apprehensive about it? I would say put on your big girl panties and go. <laughs> it's a lot safer than you think. No, it's, it's true. It's a lot safer than you think. And you must be interested in history because you can learn so much there. It's a very grateful country to learn a lot about people, how they live about their history and it's it's actually very safe and they're much more used to tourists than you think so everything runs quite smoothly they they really try to help you so it's it's actually very tourist friendly and very solo traveler friendly and also if you're going to thailand it's the next country as well isn't it so it's really easy to travel over land it can be tagged on if you're not going specifically just for 
Cambodia by itself. It can be tagged on to your South Asia itinerary and you can even travel through and go to Vietnam and then maybe north as what I did and yeah. go into Laos and then come back down into, into Thailand. So depending on how exactly. long you've got. There's like a big bus service, service from uh, Giant Ibis running between Bangkok and Siem Reap that a lot of people take where they... Um, Cambodia is also a country where you get a visa on arrival, so you need somewhere between 30 and $35. It depends a bit. You don't need any photos anymore normally, but it's always good to have some. So because you get a visa on arrival, you can easily squeeze it in some other countries. But it's also a perfectly fine destination to visit on its own. And is that for 30 days, the visa? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So how would you describe Cambodia if you only had three words? Authentic, amazement, and history. It's called the Kingdom of Wonder with a very good reason. Exactly. Oh, it's been fantastic talking to you about Cambodia. You've kind of transported me back there. Just before we go, is there anything else that you wanted to add about Cambodia? Just say, go there. You can haggle about prices, but just remember, those people... Well, if you give them $20, they can feed their whole family for multiple days. So True. spend money, spend it wisely. Thank you so much, Karen. So I know that you've also got a travel blog as well, and you document your travels on your blog. Which language is it in at the moment? It's only in Dutch at the moment. So hopefully soon you guys will be able to read some stuff in English as well and get some city guides for, for example, Rome or London. Fantastic. And what's the name of your blog? Um, it's karenandtheworld.com. So I'm all that's to do it in English. Easy to remember. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome. And I wish you plenty of travel in the future. Thanks for listening to our Girl About the Globe podcast, making solo travel easier for you. Find everything that you need for your solo travels at girlabouttheglobe.com and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.